So that's like the easiest way. Like if you have a Garmin and everything, let's say you don't have a Garmin, um, you had, didn't do a time trial. Let's just say you showed up and they're like, hey, we're doing a 20 minute tempo and you have no clue what that really means. What you want to do is you're going to go at a pace that's like, it's about, it's moderately hard. It's about if you use a scale of zero to 10, rating of perceived ex exertion scale, about a six to seven, really about that seven out of 10 hard. Um, it's at a level that you wouldn't be able to have a conversation during. Maybe during the first few minutes you can. Um, obviously, the more fit you are, I'm sure you can still talk. But really, you don't want to talk during this. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Before we get into this episode, if you are looking for a nutritional advantage to increase mental focus, strength, and endurance during those runs and decrease the recovery time between those hard effort sessions, you will want to check out Perform from the Amino Company. Later on in this episode, I will tell you more about Perform and how it can help you stay focused, get harder workouts in, and improve overall recovery on your journey of becoming a stronger, faster, lifelong, injury-free runner. Or you can check out the research for yourself at aminoco.com slash healthy runner. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode 98 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and become a lifelong injury-free runner. And today we have a very informative episode for you all about the tempo or threshold run. And I have one of my highly respected colleagues with me who is also a runner, a run coach, and a physical therapist herself. Welcome to the show, Kristen. Thanks, Dwayne. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Yes, I am so excited as well to share you with our Healthy Runner community. Um, tempo running, guys, or threshold run is an important component in any runner's training plan. But what is it actually? Kristen is going to explain what a tempo or a threshold run is and how you can use it in your weekly running to run faster on your journey of becoming a lifelong injury-free runner. So, Kristen Schultz is a runner, run coach, and physical therapist. As I mentioned, she is the owner of Run Your Life LLC and the host of the Breaking Five, a running podcast. She helps runners reach their next PR without nagging injuries through online run coaching and strength coaching programs. And she also helps running clinicians learn how to write running plans and get their first two to five online clients. So in this episode, Kristen is going to talk about tempo runs and what you need to know about them. Uh, we're going to talk about things like how long is a tempo run? How do you run a tempo run? Um, 
how fast should you be running a tempo run? Is a tempo run the same as a threshold run? Um, how often should you do a tempo run? And then how do you progress a tempo run? So Kristen, the first question we ask all our guests is we do a little dynamic warm up here. And, you know, if you can tell, I gave a little brief bio, but if you can tell everyone where you're from and what do you do? Yeah, so thank you so much for the introduction. Dwayne did very good at, uh, very well at introducing me, but a little bit more about me. Um, I'm originally from Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I've traveled around quite a bit since then. Um, but yeah, I mean, a little background. I mean, I went to undergrad, studied exercise science and Spanish, went to PT school, um, and, you know, have slowly made my transition into the online space like Dwayne has just out of, um, you know, frustration of being able to really help runners in a way I wanted to help them in the clinic, which has really brought me to where I am today. Um, and honestly, teaching on the science behind running and, you know, the run coaching side of running in general is like my favorite spots um, to be and be teaching about. So I'm super excited to be uh, teaching on that today on the podcast. Yeah, no, we're super excited to have you. So you're still a cheesehead, right? So like once a cheese head, always a cheese head. Always right? a cheese head. Yeah, I'm a Packers right. fan. I'm not a well, I will root for Bruce. I'm not a Bruce fan, but otherwise, all Wisconsin sports. So <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, my uncle. I think I told you this before. My uncle's like a huge Packers fan, even though uh, we grew up in Long Island, uh, New York. But he's always <laughs> been a a Packers fan. So his like garage is like decked out in like all Packers memorabilia. <laughs> he's a um, typical like just yeah. Packers all his passwords are like you know Packers one, Packers two, <laughs> like Favre. You know, it's like we make fun your... of him. It's like he ever forgets his password. It's like oh, we know what it is. Just it's like Packers. Packers. <laughs> <laughs> and now all the podcasts can do it. You know. Yeah. So. So that's a little bit about kind of your background as a PT. Um, okay. What about like running wise? Like, have you always been a runner? Um, how did you get into running? Yeah, um, I started running in high school, mainly just because I needed another sport. I needed a fall sport. And I was like, all right, it was like running or diving. I was like, oh, I'll do running. Sure, I've been pretty good at the mile. Um, so I got into that just as a way to be in shape for other sports. Um, but I ended up loving it. I ended up, you know, finding I had somewhat of talent and a passion for it. So I went on and ran in college as well. Um, I ran the steeplechase, which is kind of a fun fact. If anyone else has ran the steeplechase um, in the mile, 1500 were my main events there. Um, and I've, you know, struggled with injuries myself, actually, a decent amount, which was kind of what also pushed me that way. Um, I was lucky in college. I was pretty injury free. I, I mean, I had an injury. I just kind of ran through the whole time. But just maybe why we are here today, where I am today coming off a major injury. But I struggled with injuries a lot after college, honestly. It was just like I could never get into a consistent training cycle and I'd always be, you know, injured. So that's kind of what brought me to start helping other runners and, you know, figuring out for myself um, to help other runners. And then, you know, just also understanding the mindset that it is to like to go through injuries in, in general. And, um, you know, I'd been running injury free for about four years. And then to re just last year, almost to the day we're coming up on the day I tore my plantar fascia, um, which was like a traumatic injury. It wasn't related to direct. I mean, it was related to running. I had some heel pain from running and then I went and played a soccer game and ended up tearing the fascia, like pop, couldn't go off the field. It was very swollen. Um, so I've been com coming back from that, like the whole last year, um, which has been a whole other journey in itself um that I could definitely talk about but um it's been an insight into like a major injury like you know ACL or like a, or you know Achilles tear 
anything like that um, versus just some running related injuries that I've had in the past. Um, yeah, I feel like I've kind of had, you know, been a runner myself, been an injured runner myself, PT, all that. So um, can speak to speak to all any of it. <laughs> and this last year, just definitely um, the the mindset got me down, you know, being knocked down from an injury. I understand that part <laughs> after last year. So it was a tough year to be injured. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's definitely a tough injury to come back from. So I, I think, yeah, I'm sure that you can relate to a lot of your clients um, and have a little different level of empathy, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you know that mental drain when it's like, you know, running is who you are and it's, you know, how you identify, right? And then when yeah. you're not able to do it for a prolonged period, like yeah. I know myself, if I go three or four days without running, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know, you're like starting to feel you get in the itch. Um, yeah. So I'm sure though, that that really helps, you know, you even connect and understand more from like that mental side, like you said of, you know, almost like losing your identity as a runner. Um, but yeah. I, I think it is so interesting that, you know, myself included, and I think a lot of us kind of PTs who go down kind of the running niche, um, it, you know, it, it usually is because, you know, we have that interest in like rehabbing injuries, but in like basic PT school, you know, you cover a little bit about yes, these injuries, but not so much like specific for like runners and like how oh, runners yeah. train. And I, I know for me, that was like, you know, the thing that I was like, well, how come, you know, they, all these runners are getting injured. And then like, when I started running, it was like, oh, okay. Proximal hamstring tendinopathy. That's what that is. Okay. <laughs> IT band pain. Oh, that's what, you know, these, my patients were talking about. Yeah. Um, and then it was like a quest, you know, that I was like, all right, I'm going to figure this stuff out. And, you know, just right. educating, like I'm sure you did. And, you know, you take courses and then you, you know, obviously learn from like personal experience. And um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's, I think I'm sure that that even aids you more and like arms you more, right. To like work with your clients um, that you work with because you've been there before and you've, yeah. you've figured out the strategies. Like you said, you've been, you know, running pain-free for four years and like knock on wood, I think it's been <laughs> probably like five or six years that like, I haven't had literally an injury and in like training, you know, straight through. Yeah. Um, so like, I know, like we're just passionate about sharing this information with more people, right? So they can yeah. learn the strategies that you and I have figured out over these years um, yeah. as, you know, being a PT um, as well as a runner. So I'm super excited to have you on today. And Alexis, uh, who's here on the live says, go Badgers, you uh, W <laughs> Madison, she says. <laughs> so uh, I'm a Badger fan in all regards. So. Nice. I guess I'll give you guys a little context if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know what a tempo run is like, yes, we're going to educate you on that. But I have done a training in the past in episode 25 that talked about kind of the main three types of runs, you know, your easy run, your tempo run. Um, that was a little brief today. We were doing a deep dive um, and then kind of interval runs. So if you kind of want that overall arching framework of, you know, these different types of runs, check out episode 25. Um, on the healthy runner podcast and kind of how fast should you run and talking about those three types of runs. And this has honestly been a long time in the making, Chris, and I've like wanted to do a deep dive on temple runs because there's always 
Um, a lot of my clients, you know, have questions and yes, we address these in our one-on-one sessions and, but like, this is going to be a super important resource, not only for our clients in our, you know, healthy runner coaching programs, but all of our listeners right to the podcast. And, um, so let's honestly, let's, let's get into this. If you're ready to do this, I'm ready, let's do this. All right. Let's do this. So let's start out with like the simple, simple question is like, <laughs> what is a tempo run? Yes. Okay. Well, not to confuse you guys from the get go, but it, tempo runs and threshold runs tend to get a little intermixed. So I will kind of hit on differences for the basics though. Just you, you don't need to worry about it too much, but the basic of a tempo run is honestly just a run that is ran at a steady pace because tempo runs in general, you'll hear about, I and tell me if I feel like I'm confusing you, but a lot of times tempo runs, people will be like, Oh, I went like on a 45 minute tempo runner. I went on a 30 minute, 20 minute, really in regards to what people are going to interchange between tempo and threshold threshold run is a little bit more of what we want to talk about as far as um, the pacing goes. So I know I feel like I'm kind of like making that maybe a little confusing from the get go, but from a basic definition, a tempo is just a, you know, constant pace. Now, usually when we're talking tempo, we're talking about running a rate, running a um, workout at threshold pace. Um, so what threshold pace is, is, in, and tell me again, if I'm confusing you, I'm trying to like keep it as, as simple, but threshold pace is training at a pace that is when we run, you probably heard about like, and again, I'm probably going to science right away, but we'll just, whatever, just Go let me know. It. When you're, you've probably heard of like lactate before accumulating, right? Blood lactate in your system or, Hey, a runner's like, Oh, I felt the lactate in my legs. Or I don't know if you've heard of that before. I know I have even just as a runner when I was in high school and stuff, but basically what happens is that we have a, we have a threshold where our body cannot clear lactate Okay, I'm going in science. I didn't mean to go this deep, but oh, I just went. Sorry, guys. I went deep on you right away. But there's a point at which are um, that as you're running, you need to clear this lactate. And um, there's a point at which our body cannot. So when we're doing this specific training, what we're doing is we're training like right at or right below this level. So we're training our body to clear the lactate, the blood lactate. Um, so that it's not accumulating and it can allow us to go further and run faster. Um, again, you don't need to necessarily know all that, but that's just kind of, if you wanna know that, there you go. Um, but that goes back to the, when we're talking about a threshold pace, the pace that you're running at is a very specific pace that is gonna be about at this level where you are clearing lactate. Um, so that's okay. like kind of the more I went and the science here. I wasn't planning to go that deep right away, but I don't know why I just jumped there. Sorry, Dwayne. No, 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 that's fine. <laughs> I just want to kind of clarify for those following along here. So what you're saying, Kristen, is that the, the tempo run, number one is right off the bat, we're distinguishing a slight difference in a tempo run is just running at a steady state for any length of time. Mm -hmm. And a threshold run is getting to that point, like you said, right before you would not be able to clear lactate out of your system. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. making yeah. a little distinction there between kind of terminology and we can kind of get into a little bit more of that, but just kind of from the get-go, this tempo run is this steady state running. And you did yes. mention that it will help you run faster. So this is, this is used as a tool to 
basically enhance our speed, right? Mm -hmm. So something that usually if you're just starting out running, you started running last week, two weeks ago, last month, like kudos to you. Congratulations. We love beginner runners, but this might not be the best type of run for you yet, right? Mm -hmm. So get a little bit of kind of what we call our base training in um, that you're running at an easy pace and getting some miles in. But when you're ready to start increasing your speed and you've been doing all of your runs at the same pace, and we'll get into this on what exactly pace you should be running, then this is when you want to start to think about, right? adding in and incorporating this tempo run into your training. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After we have a good base, this is going to be one along with the intervals, like you shared earlier, these would be the, you know, the two different types, you know, in a most basic program that you would end up adding in, but definitely want to make sure you have a base before you go into any like tempo or threshold run. Um, okay. So now that we've established it's the steady state running, how long is a tempo run? Like how long of a duration does it matter? It, so again, and I don't really want to like confuse you because other people will have like different, you know, definitions and everything. Um, but like the most basic say like tempo run that is going to be clearly at this like threshold pace, this like ideal pace that we're going for when we're actually like training threshold is 20 minutes. I mean, now again, depends on who you talk to. If any of you guys have ever heard of Jack Daniels before, He's a very well-known, I mean, a lot of you ever ran like high school or, you know, ever worked with a lot of high school coaches. Like, oh, I, you know, listen to Jack Daniels, a very well-known running um, um, philosopher, not philosopher, physiologist. <laughs> um, but he, like, according to him, he'll be like, hey, a temple run is technically 20 minutes. Anything over that is like technically not exactly a temple run. But you're going to hear in the, you, you probably, if you go to like a local running group, they're going to be like, hey, I'm doing a 30-minute temple today. I'm doing a 20 minute tempo. I'm doing a 40 minute tempo. You're going to hear of a lot of different times. Um, and that's, I just wanted to say that to, to clear it up because it can get confusing because if you do a 20 minute tempo, you do a 40 minute tempo, you're not going to necessarily be at the same pace. Um, but overall this like threshold pace, which is a very specific pace to like specifically train um, your body to clear lactate is usually at a very specific pace, if that makes sense. No, that does. Thank you for um, clearing that up. And so really what I heard basically 20 to 30 minutes of mm -hmm. this kind of steady state running. So how does one go out for a tempo run? Like, how do we yeah. do that? How do we, like you have a client that's, Hey, today's my first day running a tempo run. Yeah. Like, what do you tell them? So the easiest, I think the, there's a couple of different ways and it will depend on like a client's background and how they learn best. Um, personally, I think the easiest way is one, we're making sure they have a base, right? Established. And then if they have a recent race or if they've done like a time trial, say if they've done like a five day time trial, what I'll do is I'll estimate their pace for this tempo run so that they can kind of know about where they should be. Um, and for anyone listening, and again, just say, if you think this is too much or whatever, Dwayne, I find the easiest way that you could also you know use if you're just listening and if you're not working with a coach or whatever is there's an app called b.02 um that i find super easy because you can just plug it in it will tell you what pace you should go at for a threshold or temple run um so that's like the easiest way like if you have a garmin and everything let's say you don't have a garmin um you didn't do a time trial let's just say you showed up and they're like hey we're doing a 20 minute temple and you have no clue what that really means what you want to do is you're going to go at a pace that's like it's about 
it's moderately hard. It's about if you use a scale of zero to 10, rating of perceived ex exertion scale, about a six to seven, really about that seven out of 10 hard. Um, it's at a level that you wouldn't be able to have a conversation during. Maybe during the first few minutes you can. Um, obviously, the more fit you are, I'm sure you can still talk. But really, you don't want to talk during this. Um, but it would be just past the point where you wouldn't want to talk anymore. It's not as hard as like, oh, there's no way I'm even getting a word out. <laughs> um, those are some markers you can use if you can't use pace. Um, a lot of times I will, again, you know, going back to the beginning, I'll use pace just to give people an idea of where it's at until they learn like what it feels like. Um, but otherwise you can go off the feel, which again, like six to seven out of 10 or think that it should be um, kind of, you know, moderately hard, just over that comfortable um, level Perfect. that you get with the seat running. Perfect. Yeah. I use the same calculator with my clients, the VDOT calculator. And I just dropped okay. for those that are on the Facebook live, I just dropped that link in the comment box. So you guys can get an estimate. If you put in a recent race time, you can actually find out what your tempo or threshold, uh, really threshold pace um, is. And I know coach Lou's talked about that before in when he kind of did his episode on pacing. Um, so we kind of reference that same calculator and that's what I use for my clients. Um, so those listening on the podcast, I will drop that link in the show notes as well. Um, in case you aren't familiar, there are many different calculators out there, by the way. Um, this is one, um, like Kristen said by Jack Daniels, and that's the one that, you know, coach Lou and, you know, I use, um, I've used others before, um, but I've been using the VDOT calculator, um, really, pretty much the last year. And I've been happy with it um, to give you an estimate. And just remember, it's an estimate. Mm -hmm. Like Kristen said, if you're just starting out, I definitely go by feel uh, more so than pace because you're kind of guessing a little bit at this estimate. And until you actually do them, um, you know, you're not really going to know, are you working in that six to seven range out of a scale of 10? And I think that's kind of the important part. And I, you know, I, I think really what Kristen's talking about here is we're going faster than your easy pace. Um, so you should be working at a six or seven. It shouldn't be conversational, right? So you really shouldn't be able to talk sentences at this point, but you're not huffing and puffing. <laughs> working at an eight or nine, um, or like going at race pace, right? That mm -hmm. isn't what Kristen's talking about, um, for this pace. Okay. So you have your pace and then, so with your runners, do you have them go out and do a specified mile or so at easy pace? And then you have them do their tempo run. How do you format yeah. your tempo runs? Yeah, usually I'm going to have a warm up. Um, usually the minimum I'll have someone warming up is 10 minutes, really. So depending on, you know, their pace, that could be a mile or whatnot, depends on their easy running pace. But at least 10 is like the minimum, I find, especially with us adult runners. I mean, I know as I've gotten older, I need more of a warm up. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, really anywhere <laughs> 10 to 20 minutes, warm up, definitely warm up, make sure you warm up and do any other, you know, warm up drills you've been given. Um, and then you go into this tempo run. Um, so let's say it's 20, let's say it's like a basic 20 minute tempo run. You can do 20, the last five minutes are gonna be, you know, get in there, it'll be kind of hard. And then you're gonna cool down. You're gonna wanna cool down for at least 10 minutes as well. Um, so the very basic, like that's what it looks like. I mean, it's a pretty quick workout, which is kind of one nice thing about it. And you feel pretty good afterwards. You got some hard work. In. 
Nice. So it's like a sandwich. It's like you got your like bread on the outside, right? That's yeah. your like easy <laughs> mile kind of warm up run at your easy pace. And then in the middle, the meat or whatever you got in your sandwich, if you're, you know, a uh, plant-based runner, then you maybe got some like, you know, meatless, um, <laughs> you know, stuff in the impossible middle there. Burger. There we go. We got an impossible burger in the <laughs> middle. That's your tempo run that you're going at this faster pace, working at a six to a seven out of 10. And then you finish your, you don't just stop after that and like hit the shower, right? You got to do actually a mile about, or 10 minutes, right? On the back end of that, where it's easy. So it's almost like this run is sandwiched in the middle of like your easier running um if that makes sense yeah and it's a really good place to start if you're new to running too for like speed a type of running that's faster than your easy runs right because it's like quite as fast as interval runs um so it can be a kind of nice nice place to start to learn how to do a, a tempo or threshold run yeah and i think you know there are definitely some different philosophies on this and i've had other people on the podcast come on um, that may start intervals earlier. I am more of the mindset like you, um, it sounds like that, especially from like an injury standpoint and like allowing right. the body to adapt um, to faster running as opposed to going, you know, from running slow to running fast, you know, kind of working that piece up. Um, I know some that, you know, for beginner runners, they have them doing interval type work. I would just caution and that, Honestly, I've seen so many injured runners that a lot of our watches and our apps do that for beginner runners. If you're doing like a beginner marathon training program or half marathon, they'll have you doing intervals. Um, and I just feel like a lot of people wind up getting injured because their body hasn't adapted yet to like faster running. Um, so there are some different philosophies out there just so everyone is aware. And I know some coaches that actually do interval work, but probably not at that eight to nine effort level. It's probably lower where you're not running as fast, but I utilize it like you do, Kristen, where, you know, I take someone who has that base established and let's just say someone hasn't run for, you know, six months or they haven't run during COVID, right? Very, yeah. you know, situation that, <laughs> yeah. that comes up um, and they're just getting back into running. Then I'm going to have them do a training cycle for three or four months with just easy running, like gradually building up the mileage, right? Gradually building up their long runs before I even add in, you know, this tempo running. Um, and then I use that to kind of kick off interval runs. Do you do the same? Yeah. Yeah. I'll usually, so like what I'll use, it depends on the runner, but I'll usually do, um, honestly, like I'll do a threshold one week and then the next week I'll do interval. But if someone is coming off and they're injured and I don't know if their body's quite ready to be like at interval pace, like maybe I'll still have it at threshold. Um, but a lot of times I'll start it off where, and I think this was like going to be maybe something you'll ask me too, but I'll do like one week threshold and then one week interval, one week threshold, one week, you know, interval versus having both a threshold and interval in the same week, which is what, you know, once you're running more days, more advanced, what the program will look like. Um, but again, like Dwayne said, like everyone has different opinions. And I think me and Dwayne coming from working with injured runners might have a certain opinion versus like a coach that's working with just runners, you know, maybe they're not really working with a ton of injured runners might be a little bit of a different perspective. And even like the beginning when I was like, oh, temple versus threshold, like you're going to hear this, like used and interchangeable and like other people have different terminology. So that's just kind of why I threw that out there too. So if you hear it, you know. <laughs> 
Right. Right. Okay. Um, perfect. And so we talked about, you know, pacing and effort level, um, you know, are there other ways you tell your runners, like how fast they should be running their tempo runs versus, you know, they're working at a six to seven, you know, do you have anyone to go by heart rate ever or not so much? I honestly haven't really coached anyone off heart rate, but I have done them off heart rate. This is probably one of the most valuable runs to do off heart rate if you do want to do it off heart rate um do you mind if i go into heart rate a little bit sure i mean again go this is it. a little maybe more advanced and if you're just starting out like you don't need to worry about this but if it's something of interest to you um you know one benefit of training off heart rate is there and now you might not always do this with heart rate but one of the best things you could do for like heart rate training is you actually can get we're talking about lactate here right so you actually could get your blood lactate tested like you can go through this test and I do know like some PTs that do this and run coaches. And I've thought about like, I would offer this. I'd just have to go to like buy this like landslide that you have to get. But basically you can go through this test where you're either increasing an incline or increasing speed on a treadmill. And it's going to show you where your blood lactate, your lactate threshold is, which is what we're talking about, right? Um, and I could go in more details about that, but basically I just tell you, we can figure that out. But then what you could do is you're wearing a chest strap with, you know, your heart rate and you can actually know exactly where your heart rate is you know about an estimate for your threshold um so if you did actually have that done then you could be training at your threshold like actually based off a test that's actually showing you where your you know granted it's on one day of this test but still it's going to be the most accurate thing we have uh where your you know your lactate threshold is at um so that's where this could be very, you know, very helpful if you train by heart rate. Um, and then you can, you can figure out your easy runs from there, you can figure out your intervals, all that stuff. Um, but I did, we trained like that in college. They would test us in college and I, I found it super helpful. I really liked it. Um, I think it like helped me learn threshold because now I can go run a threshold. Be like, I don't need to watch for a threshold run. I know what it feels like. Um, and it's usually pretty spot on. It's very you know, another thing about a threshold run, once you do this for a while, it's very much, I mean, if you're at the same fitness level, like you're like in like a five second gap here, like there's a big difference between, you know, say, you know, being at like 650 versus seven minute pace. Like there's just like, there's very much this, this, this sweet spot when it comes to threshold running, not going to feel it right away. It'll take time. Um, but as far as like going back to the original question of heart rate, I think it is useful. It's just not a lot of people necessarily want to most people these days, you know, you have it on your watch, but that's not always the most accurate. I wouldn't like rely on, uh, rely on the watch. Um, granted, they're not that bad, honestly, but again, um, but like to be really accurate, you'd want to have like a chest strap to do it with. Um, but yeah, that's my thought on threshold. Right. Um, yeah, okay. no, I agree. Um, you know, the first thing is the wrist, you know, based heart rates are not as reliable, um, as if you have the chest strap. So like, I know my garment, like I have the chest strap, um, which I do find to be more reliable. And like you said, most of the time it's pretty much spot on. I would say, mm -hmm. um, I definitely noticed when I forget to put my chest strap on, I go out for a run and I check my wrist. <laughs> it's like, definitely no, not, not accurate <laughs> at times. Um, so, and I get some runners who are just like, perseverate on that number uh, mm -hmm. on their heart rates they've been told or they read hey my heart rate should be here and i'm like well you're not even actually accurately reliably like 
tracking your heart rate. So don't get, yeah. you know, go by feel. And I think what Kristen's really talking about is as you gain experience as a runner, it's most important to actually learn how these different paces feel. And so, you know, in your training during your week, you are actually running certain runs at this pace at this today, we're talking about threshold versus, you know, running it at easy or running it at interval pace. Like you're actually think you're doing a threshold run or tempo run, but you're actually running it at your interval pace. And when you do that, you actually jump over, you cross the line, right? You go into the interval zone, which now you've, you've exceeded that lactate threshold that Kristen was talking about. And now we actually go into anaerobic training so you're not going to maintain that for a long period of time. And how we usually program these out is, you know, these might build on each other. You might actually add a mile or two. Um, and then we can kind of talk about other more complex progressions. But to keep it simple right now, for everyone who's just like looking to actually start doing tempo runs or implementing them into their training, right? You want to be able to actually hold that pace that's faster than your easy pace for a mile, you know, let's say I might build in someone's program for a week, second week, third week, maybe, and then you do two miles, right? And then possibly depending upon your pace, as you alluded to, um, you might do three. So you got like a five mile run, one mile easy, three miles sandwiched in the middle at this faster tempo pace that you're going at, you know, six to seven out of 10 range, and you're able to hold it. And like being able to hold it, I find is just so key, especially for racing. Like if you're really looking to improve your race time, whether it's really anything, but I would say in particular, definitely like 10K, half marathon and marathon um, yeah. time. And you're looking to get a PR or you're looking, you've been like stagnant in your running. And it's like, you're just hitting the same exact race time. And you're like, how do I get faster? And you haven't incorporated these runs like listen to Kristen, like start incorporating these and you will see some like significant changes um, in your running and by having that kind of dichotomy in your, you know, running pieces during your week. Yeah. And I feel like if any type of training isn't going to be, I mean, most plans should have threshold and an interval, but you know, if anything's not going to be in there, it would be this threshold or tempo runs in the sense of, you know, people do, oh, I do intervals or even like even the high school runners. I mean, I know of high school programs I've heard about where it's like, you're just like, if you guys have like a, you know, daughter or son in high school, like they're just doing intervals, like repeats. If you didn't never did any threshold run, like you're missing out big time on the, the gains that you need as a runner. You know, you need, you need some days at this um, lactate threshold, you need some at this pace, you need some at uh, the intervals that are working on your, um, aerobic capacity on your, on your, um, on your, um, um, what am I trying to say right now? <laughs> your oxygen consumption, your, um, max O2, like that, that your, your VO2 max that you're going to be, that you hear terms about too. And that's a whole nother topic, but uh, okay. you need them all. So now, you know how passionate I am about strength training in order to run, and that runners who don't do any strength work are more likely to suffer some of those stubborn running injuries, whether it's runner's knee, plantar fasciitis, IT band syndrome, or tendonitis. And one of the keys to becoming a healthy runner is dedicating time to strength training. However, I get it. 
it's hard to dedicate the time, get motivated, and have the energy to get in the strength work, whether you are going to the gym or you're working out in your basement or living room in the early mornings like I do before work or if you're doing it after work in the evening. I have been on the lookout for a truly healthy pre-workout option to help with energy and focus during my workouts and post-run that will also provide a nutritional boost so I can maximize my recovery and performance when strength training. That is why I am super pumped, literally, that I found Perform from the Amino Company. Perform is an essential amino acid-based formulation that I simply add to water in my shaker bottle and have 30 minutes before my run or gym workout. It tastes great and is easy on my stomach. Perform helps improve mental focus, peak strength, endurance, reduces fatigue, and increases muscle protein synthesis so you can recover faster from your runs or your strength training. I feel great since I have switched my pre-workout to Perform, but what I feel most happy about is that I know exactly what I am putting in my body and that it is backed by real research and science. I actually brought on one of the leaders in amino acid research, Dr. Robert Wolf, on the show during episode 92 of the podcast. If you want a deeper dive on the effects and the literature out there on amino acids, hear my chat with Dr. Wolf, as I am sure you will be as impressed as I was learning more about essential amino acids and their effects on us as runners. There is actually an abundance of research out there documenting the efficacy of essential amino acids with over hundreds of studies demonstrating improvements in focus, performance, and recovery from those long runs and hard effort session workouts. If you're looking for a nutritional performance advantage, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 30% and get a free gift using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to aminoco.com slash healthy runner. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com slash healthy runner and use the code healthy runner at checkout to save 30%. Yeah. So, and I think you kind of addressed this question off the get-go, but let me, you tell me if I understood you correctly, um, as far Mm -hmm. as, you know, is the tempo run the same as the threshold? I guess it all depends upon how fast you're running that tempo run um, during that 20 to 30 minute period. If you're running it at that threshold pace before you kind of cross over the line and get into anaerobic zone and you're still aerobic, then they could be used interchangeably. Is that correct? Like tempo and threshold you're saying? Yeah. 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 I guess like the only reason I kind of like brought that up at the beginning is just like when so short answer to answer like yes they they're usually used interchangeably you'll hear like hey we're going on a tempo run today or we're doing a threshold run a lot of times it'll be a tempo run but for anyone that's like doing longer distances and maybe you're like oh i'm gonna do a 40 minute tempo just to put it out there that like that wouldn't necessarily be at like let's say you use this beat out of two count you know calculator and you find your threshold pace you don't want to go do a threshold at that pace technically a 40 minute is usually going to be at a a slower pace you're going to adjust it for something that long um but if you're that far, you're obviously, um, you know, this isn't the beginner level of doing something like that. Um, okay. No, that makes so, sense. So if you're going over 20 or 30 minutes, then you're going to have to actually decrease your pace from that threshold pace you found in like the calculator. 
you're actually yeah. going to need to go a little slower, not as slow as your easy pace, but you're going to have to drop that down in order to be able to sustain essentially that pace for the duration um, that you're doing, whether it's 40 minutes or 50 minutes. Yeah. And again, this could differ depending on who you talk to. Like this is just, you know, how I've learned this is like, again, going back to like Jack Daniels, like I bring that up just because there's a lot of people out there, but it's a common person that people will follow or you might hear the name of. Uh, That's what, you know, they will say. Um, But overall, I like think of it more as like, there's this overall threshold, you know, this pace of this threshold, like we're talking about. And then like temple runs are like one type of run you can do. Um, And then like another one is you can do threshold intervals which is basically kind of what Dwayne like you and like this is what I start people with too is like in the beginning like you start out well probably like one mile threshold right but maybe you do two by you know one or yeah two by a mile um or what I'll use a lot with my my clients is five minutes at threshold pace then they'll rest for a minute and then they'll do five minutes and then they'll rest a minute so in a way it's kind of like um you know repeats but it's repeats at this threshold pace not at a interval pace which is a faster pace so there's like this overall theme of a threshold and then you can do that different ways either like split up into intervals or do like a steady state like tempo where it's just steady state um you know running Yeah. So what Kristen's really talking about is there is, so now we're going to start to get into a little bit more complex. So for, again, those who are listening, who are beginners starting out, like literally you can probably stop at this point um, (laughs) and just take in what we've said so far and start implementing that into your training. So now we're going to kind of go a little bit deeper um, and make things a little more complex um, if you guys are ready for it, just because there are many variations um, to what Kristen already presented. And I don't want to confuse like the beginner runner and be like, wow, this is so confusing. Like, I don't even know how to take action and implement like (laughs) a tempo run. Right. So like you literally (laughs) could like just shut this off right now. Um, and you know, take some notes down and be like, okay, I'm going to start doing a tempo run. I'm going to, you know, go out there for one mile in the middle. I'm going to figure out what my threshold pace is. I got the calculator now and you know, you can start implementing that. So for those that have done temple (laughs) runs before, or these threshold runs, now let's kind of talk about some of these variations. So I think the first variation, this was actually coach Luda actually just jumped on the live here. What's going on coach. Um, This is something he introduced to me because I did the RRCA running certification. Coach Lou did the VDOT, um, you know, coaching certification. And this is where he kind of educated me on some of these intervals and yeah. actually breaking it up. And I've started implementing with some of my clients, which have been helpful as an mm-hmm. introduction, which you're kind of alluding to um, in the beginning where you can be able to do you know, a mile and then you have this little bit of recovery um, to not only provide a little bit of heart rate to come down, you know, so you're not jumping over that line we talked about before, but also to give you a little mental break as well um, which can be effective, um, for some runners, or if their pace is slower, right. And, you know, you don't want them to go over that 20 or 30 minutes that we could start breaking these up essentially into these different intervals to be able to run at that threshold pace that you're talking about. No, exactly. It's like, just like you were saying for a couple different reasons, it could be for like the mental aspect, right? Like one, like 
the most basic of a workout we can do is like a 20, 20 to five, 20 or 25 minute, you know, tempo run. If we do that, like every week, it's going to get kind of boring after a while. Granted, really, that's all we need to get faster. Like training doesn't need to be complicated, but for our mental space, it can help. Um, but this is where it can give you that little mental break. It feels a little easier. I feel like even, you know, just having a one minute break in between these segments, um, but also it can allow you to actually do more threshold work in one sitting, right? Like maybe you do, instead of doing like 20 minutes of this, you're doing 30 minutes because you're breaking it up and it's easier on the body. Your body can withstand it a little bit better and recover because recovery is part of the getting faster process it can recover better by just having that like one minute break between let's say we're doing five minute intervals which is the most common one i'll do with my clients nice okay that makes sense that makes sense and then so how often should we be doing tempo runs so i mean there's no you know should or whatnot um i tend like just basically how i tend to do it is i'll do a tempo run well again going back to who you're working with a lot of clients who let's see like if you're listening on here and you're new to running a lot of times you might see you know tempo or threshold one week and then interval the next and kind of like varying back and forth again if you are training more seriously you've been training longer your body withstands more um you might do it you know some sort of threshold and some sort of interval every week um and in that if that's the case then every week it doesn't have to be this way but a lot of times how i'll do it is like one week will be a tempo next week will be some sort of um uh, threshold intervals, meaning maybe they're going to do five by five minutes at threshold with one minute rest in between, or maybe we're going to do like one K threshold repeats. That's another one I'll do a lot of, but I'll go back and forth between some sort of like more tempo and some sort of more repeat. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different types of workouts I could talk about too. If you want to like different types you might see, we can go into that if you want, don't have to. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's helpful to maybe think about as the beginner novice runner, if you're alternating weeks, I think that's a definitely a good start. Or if you're not alternating with intervals, then maybe doing once a week, um, definitely not more than once a week. Um, you know, I think, again, from Chris and I's background, it's, you know, you, you have to gradually build the body up in a safe way, right? And we want to be a lifelong injury-free runner, and that's how we're going to do it. Um, for many of you who are a beginner and starting out, you know, one of the most common mistakes uh, beginner runners make is that they're running all of their runs too fast, believe it or not. Because Usually you're running at threshold pace. Can I just say almost all people that even like I have a client that, you know, he's a PT and I'm teaching him how to write run programs now. And this, I see this all the time. They're actually like their easy runs are at threshold pace. They find out, <laughs> but yep. sorry, I totally just interrupted, but I got excited about no, that. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Because I, it's like the biggest thing we harp on, um, in all of our programs and our clients is, you know, those easy runs, like slow down, slow down, slow down. Um, if you're always running in this gray zone, the tempo or the threshold pace is kind of like the gray zone of between like easy running is slow interval is like fast you know you're running fast you're like yeah. huffing and puffing <laughs> right you're you ain't yeah. talking no sentences and <laughs> you know the tempo is in the middle it's like that gray zone but we find that so many you know new runners are running in the gray zone and when the problem is when you're in the gray zone you don't 
actually see those gains because you don't have that dichotomy that I talked about before in your training and in your conditioning. And like Kristen said, you're, you know, every run has a specific purpose and, you know, that easy run is that aerobic capacity, like that base training and just being able to build up more mitochondria and exchange oxygen, right? And as this threshold, as Kristen is saying, it's taking you up to that threshold so you can actually filter out more out of your muscles and you become mm -hmm. more efficient. So like at a race, like if you think about that point of your race and especially after like my kind of goal half marathon still like in my head and feeling that discomfort that you feel in a race, it's like that <laughs> ability to turn that stuff over. So your muscles aren't like totally, you know, spazzing out on you. Right. Yes. It's these runs that are going to get you there um, versus those faster, you know, faster anaerobic runs, which have their place and have their benefit for like leg turnover and even like muscles and helping running form, right. Getting your legs to kick over quicker. So every run has a specific purpose and there is a purpose for this threshold run. And you should be doing it basically once a week or once every other week, if you're just starting to do some type of faster running. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's always a purpose. And just, you know, to reiterate on that, like in training in general, and I'm sure you talk about this with your clients all the time, like you need to stay in the paces that are prescribed. Like this isn't like, I know runners were like go-getters and it's like, well, I want to do better. And if I'm going faster, I'm doing better. But like the point of training is like very specific, uh, phys physiologically, like, like I was kind of going to, don't, doesn't matter if you got it or not, but if you want to know, like went into this basis of why we're doing this, like, there's a reason what we're training in your heart for this, right? Same thing when you're doing speed work and there's different types of speed work you can do. There's a very physiological reason you're actually doing this. So going faster, all it's doing is breaking down your body more and making it harder recover, making you actually not get faster a lot of times. So just to reiterate that stay within, you know, what's, prescribed um and faster isn't always better in workouts yes in races go for it but not in workouts <laughs> yeah so yeah if we can actually finish up um i think you know you just communicated that great and i think this is going to be super helpful for many runners who are listening to this um but now let's take like the half marathon or, or marathon runner who you know has been doing tempos for many training cycles or doing interval work you know, what are some ways that you like to progress a tempo run or, you know, kind of go to that next level on someone who's looking to get that half marathon or marathon PR? Yeah, no, this is good. And I think this is where, like, kind of where I was distinguishing at the beginning probably mattered more. Like I could have said this now, because this is where a lot of times with like marathon or half marathon training plans, you'll see different types of like tempos and stuff. So I'll talk about that a little bit more. If you got confused earlier, sorry, that's totally my bad but this will, I think, be helpful. Um, so some common ways I like to, you know, progress it. One way is going to be doing something called a cut down run. Um, now, a lot of this actually, like I've learned, but I've also picked up from different coaches, whether, you know, some of the stuff I picked up from when I had, you know, coaches in, in, in college, but then, you know, post-college, all this stuff. Um, it's done different ways, depending on the coach. But one thing I really like to do, just to put that out there but is like a cut down run so that's another way you could play with kind of in this threshold zone but again it's going to look a little different so this might look like something like a 30 minute cut down run now a cut down run can't be a tempo run technically because again tempo is at a at a steady state right so this if we're cut down we're going to get faster is what i'm going to describe it's not really technically threshold so when we do these different types of runs they're partially for you know physiological benefits but they're also a little bit mental a little bit 
you know, getting your pacing down, adjusting to different paces throughout a race, right? Um, so a cut down run, one that I will do will be something like you'll start, it'll be 30 minutes long and you'll cut down every five minutes, like you'll cut down. So like, and I'd have to actually look up exactly what I get, but like, let's say your, your average threshold pace is like seven minutes. That's where you're supposed to be seven minutes a mile. Um, so maybe you start at like 720 pace. I'd have to actually look at exactly what this might look like. And then every five minutes you get five seconds faster. So it's like 720, then you're like 715, then 710, 705 you know, seven, you know, every five minutes. And then technically you're at seven minutes, but then you're going to go a little faster for the last little bit. Um, so you're playing around with speed a little bit more. It's not really technically threshold when you do something like this, um, but it's in that zone. It would count as a like threshold, like workout. Um, right. So that's like one type. Um, another type would be something similar that we already kind of talked about, but it'd be like a 40 minute, maybe steady state, like a temple run. But again, like, let's say your, your pace is seven minutes. I'm just like saying that to keep it easy, but it's gonna be like at 720 pace for this whole um, 40 minutes instead. Um, that might be something you'll see. Another thing that you'll see, especially in like half marathon and marathon pace is doing like either doing like half marathon pace runs or doing marathon pace runs, um, especially maybe in the long run where you're doing a up pace. You're not doing easy runs. If let's say it's like, I mean, sometimes it could be as much as like, you know, I mean, it could be much more, but even like, you know, eight to 10 miles at marathon pace or, um, you know, half marathon pace, you're doing like five miles at half marathon pace. Now these are technically like tempo runs at this point, because we're staying at this steady pace for a certain amount of time. Um, but they're not at threshold pace. So that's like where I wanted to kind of distinguish. So you don't get confused. Um, cause you're going to keep this steady state. Um, and a lot of this, like if you're doing like half marathon pace or marathon pace, they can be very common in in um, programs, but from a physiological standpoint, a lot, a lot of times it's more about the psychological standpoint, like getting you ready to be at marathon pace, know what it, it, it feels like. It's not as much like, oh, we're training your lactate threshold or training your, um, <laughs> why do I keep, the, uh, VO2 max, why am I forgetting this most simple <laughs> <laughs> VO2 max words you guys like a lot over your running economy it like doesn't actually have that it's a lot more of like a psychological like get used to running at like marathon pace or half marathon pace um so that's something you'll see a lot i'll tend to do things like um like two miles at threshold um i like to get my runners like two minutes off because that's a pretty long one but two miles at you know a threshold pace two minutes off two miles at threshold two minutes off that's a lot of times where it's, it, it starts, but like, if you're really advanced, you might be doing like at least three of those in a row. Um, something like, again, this is like half marathon, marathon training, um, yep. things like that are going to be like some more of like the advanced things you're, you're looking at and things you're going to see in marathon, half marathon training plans. Um, so yeah, that and I, helps. I think those have been actually super helpful for me personally. I shared with many of you, um, you know, my latest half marathon time being like the fastest in, you know, five years and 15 tries. Um, yeah. but that's where I really started incorporating exactly what you're saying, um, is for, you know, weekly tempo runs. It kind of turned into that where it was like two, you know, miles at threshold and then a two minute kind of recovery and then another two miles. Um, yeah. and then I alternated weeks, um, coach Lou had me alternating weeks where, um, you know, one week it would be that tempo run or threshold run. And then the next week he would incorporate it into the long run. 
yeah. um, where I was going, you know, in that long run, I would do, you know, whatever, four miles at easy pace and four miles, maybe at marathon pace, and then two miles at tempo pace and then a mile, yeah. Yeah. you know, yep. at, yeah, at, you know, two miles at the threshold and then a mile, you know, easy at the end to recover. And I really felt like that really made a difference in my training um, and in my running fitness. Mm -hmm. um, I think that was huge. So for those that have built up the weekly mileage, have built up your long runs and you haven't, and you're healthy, I will, you know, state that as well. Um, you're doing your strength training in order to run, um, you're healthy. <laughs> then like these workouts that Kristen's talking about is like, I think exactly what you need to kind of take you over that hump to get faster for that half marathon race for that marathon race. Um, yeah, I personally have seen that and I've implemented that with many of my clients and I've seen some great results. Um, you know, the one person I would caution is that runner that's still building up and you're coming back from, you know, maybe, you know, just running lower mileage and you really haven't run, let's say you're half marathon training and you don't have a lot of 10 mile runs on your belt in the last six months, you know, for your first 10 mile run or even your second 10 mile run, honestly, you know, I don't recommend splashing yeah, in you know, threshold. <laughs> no. you know, you, you have to be, you know, stretched out, so to speak, or have this base level of training um, where you've done, you know, a bunch of double digit runs and you know, it's like easy for you. It, you know, you don't feel you recover quickly from like an easy 10 miler or an easy 12 miler. Um, and you're recovering well from those. And now you can actually add in uh, some of these progressions that Kristen's talking about. So yeah, I found those super helpful. Like that was the first time I've ever done that. And it was like, amazing. I love yeah. it hard at the time probably but hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like you said too it, it just mentally a little bit more stimulating um mm -hmm. and it's like gets you up for that challenge just like interval work does like i like hitting the track and like you know getting in those hard track workouts and it just mentally right stimulates you and mm -hmm. you know it kind of pumps you up for like your week and it's like okay i need to make sure like hey I'm game on here. And, and those days of the easy run, it's like, Hey, if I got a little less sleep, didn't need as great. I'm a little like slug it. Like, that's okay. I'm going to be going yeah. at easy pace anyway. Like I don't need <laughs> yeah. to feel like a hundred percent for those, but yeah. I made sure that, Hey, I was feeling like good for those, you know, interval days or these, you know, longer runs with this threshold pace, um, splashed in, um, during it. So yeah. yeah, those have been, those have been very nice. Is there anything else that you kind of wanted to share with our listeners about, um, you know, this, and I love how you distinguish that too, by the way, with like tempo runs and cause I definitely use them interchangeably because like so many mm -hmm. people do, but I think I really like how you highlighted that it, it is that threshold pace, right? Like that's the key. Yeah. Um, and that you could have tempo runs that are longer, basically if it's yeah. longer than 20 or 30 minutes, it's not a threshold pace yeah, run yeah. anymore. Yeah. It, it could be called a tempo run, but it's not yeah. a, at threshold pace. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I feel like it's when you're new, especially and you hear that and maybe you heard this episode and you're like, Oh, threshold pace. Like I wouldn't want you to go out there and like run it at 40 minutes at this pace or something like just, um, you know, just to just distinguish that can be helpful. So <laughs> But yeah, nothing really more um, unless like, and I don't think we need to, but I was like, unless you wanted me to go more into like the blood lactate, you know, testing or the only other thing I would say 
would be, I mean, I guess we really hit on it. It was just like those, um, you know, lactic, the threshold intervals, which, you know, describe those a little bit better, especially for this later half of, you know, more advanced maybe runners, if you're listening. A lot of times what that will look like, I kind of said it already, but it might be, a lot of times I like to do like one case or five minutes at threshold pace and then one minute off. And a lot of times it's going to look like anywhere from, for like the average runner, like four to six reps of these, right? That you can do instead of your threshold run or your tempo run, um, just as some something for variety. If you've never tried these before, definitely do them. Like we, I mean, this is, I didn't learn about these until college. Like we didn't do them in high school, but like it was every other week we did. We'd always do like tempo one week. And then it was like these threshold repeats on the other week. This, this uh, grass field we ran on, but they're kind of relaxing. They kind of recover you, but you're still getting in some quality work versus just hitting the, hitting the track and doing some fast intervals. So. Yeah. And since you did mention uh, surface, um, I know this is a common question I get as well. What do you like to tell your runners as far as their threshold work uh, or these tempo runs? Do you like to have them do them on a track or like a flat pathway? Or do you have them do them on the road with some, you know, kind of hills in there and different, you know, kind of elevations? Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. Honestly, at first, if they can get them done on a flat surface, uh, like usually the road, I mean, granted, I know that's not the best for your body, but just for the most of our lifestyles and everything that works best, usually just like on a road, trying to not actually have hills at first. And we can definitely incorporate it, but that's again, going to be like when you get good at like feeling this threshold pace off, because technically if you have hills thrown into this threshold pace, now your pace is going to be changing to really keep the same effort level. Right. Um, right now where I live, it's very hilly everywhere I go. So if I do anything like more up pace, I get to do finally um, a little tiny, tiny bit. Um, like really my pace is actually going all over the place. Um, but that can be fun. And especially if you have a hilly course, like I think it can be helpful to add in hills on your run. Um, if you have a flat course, you don't necessarily need to probably do it. Um, but I usually do that. If someone wants to go to a track, um, you know, to get them in for the pacing, that's cool. Uh, I try to keep just the intervals on a track if people want to just to not be turning in circles for every workout, but um, it all depends on the athlete and their goals and everything. If you're training for a mile, like Coach Lou is going to train for a mile, apparently. We need to talk a little more. He said he wants to break five in the mile. So if you're doing that, maybe you're on the track a little bit more. So, um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> um. No, absolutely. I know he was uh, asking me about that with with you. And did you actually break five, or that was a no? That was my. I know goal. that's the name of your podcast. Yes, yes, that's where like that started. So I got back into track at when I was thirty. So at age thirty, I was like, I'm gonna like. I feel like I only have a few years le left to like see if I could ever break this goal that I never broke in college. So I was like definitely in the best shape of my life about well, it's almost two years ago now, but it was a year and a half ago. And um, so that was a goal. I was like, I was going to see how close I could get to it. At least I felt like at least like a 508 was possible for sure. Um, wasn't mentally to where I thought I could break it yet. But um, so if I get back there, I probably won't share much on it, honestly, because this has been a pretty big setback this past year. But um, <laughs> we'll see. I don't have much time left of my peak endurance at that level. But <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, you can just set your goals on some longer distances, right? Yes, we yes. You know that, you know, running is one of those sports that you can age gracefully and, yes. you know, you can actually improve in your half marathon and mm -hmm. marathon, you know, times as we age. That's the exciting part. Like 10K and on, I can definitely still PR in and that's exciting. So, um, and I've only done one marathon, so. 
Nice. Um, and so what do you, so kind of the final stretch here, um, if you will, is always the question I ask about like misconception and for you, you know, I, I think it's really, you know, what would you say the misconception about, you know, running a tempo run or a threshold run? Uh, what would you say the misconception about this type of run is? I guess just basically what I hit on the whole time is just that it's always at the same pit or like, you know, like a temple run could be any distance, you know, really that threshold pace is a specific pace. Um, I would really say that and that, and that like, it is more than just like, oh, we're going to go out at like a tempo, just do a tempo run, like just knowing that there's a threshold pace and there's a purpose to it. Um, and it's very specific window of time that you would, you know, be in. Um, yeah, I would say that's the biggest, biggest thing. I was trying to think of something different just because we hit on it, but I really, I really can't. I don't. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I would, you know, also, I guess, just like feed off of that is that, you know, this should be a run that's happening once a week and not every single time you go out there. Uh, yes. So yes. Slow down, slow <laughs> down people. Run. <laughs> not really like I said most of my clients that come in that, that I'm honestly like they have like an athletic background a lot of times they've done other sports but they're getting into running like their runs are all at threshold pace that's literally what they're doing and that's why it's so hard or that's why they can't get faster I'm like okay this is why you think running is hard like you gotta slow down you only do this once a week instead <laughs> right exactly exactly and yeah no you sh you shared some you know great information here on what a tempo run is how long we should you know, be able to run this type of run. Um, is it the same as a threshold run? And we talked about that's not the same uh, technically. And, you know, how do we figure out our pace? We talked about that. We dropped the calculator um, and how folks can figure that out. And then, you know, how many times we should program it. Then you shared some great progressions and how, you know, we progress this as our running fitness improves. And I'm sure there are going to be many runners who learned a bunch from you today, Kristen. Um, and if they'd like to learn more, um, where can our healthy runner community connect with you? Yeah, best places are on Instagram. It's Kristen underscore run your life. Um, otherwise on Facebook, um, Kristen Schultz, and I'm sure you'll have probably like my name and stuff in the show notes. Um, I could spell Absolutely. it out too. Those are the best places. Or if you want to follow me on breaking five, a running podcast, you can also follow me there. Um, we do, it has, it's running based, but I'm also doing some bit on clinician based because I have a number of clinicians I work with too. So it's a little bit of a mix of both over there. So yeah, so that's actually really cool. And I guess I probably should share this. Um, probably should share this in the beginning and how we originally met. Um, so Kristen and I um, have the same business coaches. And so we met in one of those programs. And Kristen's doing something really neat where, you know, she not only works with runners, but she works with clinicians, um, you know, who are runners and they would like to work with more runners. Um, can you tell, can you tell, you know, if there are some clinicians, whether they're PT or you tell me if there's other disciplines um, that you work with, but, you know, if they're listening to this right now and they were considering like, Hey, you know, maybe I want to turn, you know, kind of the passion I have for running into whether it's, you know, a little side hustle, some money on the side, or it's just something I'm interested in. Like, Hey, I want to program for other runners. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? 
Yeah. Yeah. So to answer your first question, I know you're like, if, is it just clinicians? I mean, it's really whoever this would be right for, but a lot of times it's physical therapists, dietitians, personal trainers. Those tend to be like the most common people, um, but really it's anyone that wants to. So the main basic of it is learning how to write running programs, right? So in a way, hey, learn about the threshold run. We're kind of talking about this, but actually learn how to like program that into runner's plans, but it's learning how to write running programs. A lot of times the people I work with are clinicians like Dwayne who work with runners, but then they're like, Hey, like I see that runners are getting, you know, injured and they're coming back to me still because they don't train correctly. They're crazy. And they go train at threshold pace all the time. So I need to learn how to like actually coach them. And like, they trust me and want to work with me, but I'm just like letting them go to their thing or find a coach online or whatever. Like I help them so they can actually coach them whether they want it to be all online or they work in a clinic and they want to do some of this, whether it's a side hustle, I have people that have turned this into a full-time business. I have a new grad that has done that recently, which is really awesome. Um, but learn how to do that. But then also learn the business side, what me and Dwayne have had to learn, right, on how to get your first two to five clients. Now, it can definitely be more than that. Like I shared, I had one client that had 16 clients, but learn the basics of business, you know, sales and marketing. How do I find clients online as well? So um, honestly, that didn't, was never a plan of mine. It just kind of came about. I started getting asked and I was like, well, I'll put a program together. And then it's actually been where my business has shifted to a little bit more um, in addition to helping runners, but it's just, I've almost been like pushed. Like, I mean, I love it, but like people just ask, I'm like, okay, well, I guess this is the direction I'm going. So um, that's what else I do on top of helping, um, helping runners themselves. So it's been fun. I have a little bit of mix of everything. And that's like, I just think it's such a need out there, honestly, because, you know, in today's day of healthcare, um, you know, things are a lot different than when I first graduated 18 years ago from PT school and working yeah. in clinics. Um, things are so much more faster paced in orthopedic and sports medicine settings. And we're yeah. getting less and less time uh, to spend with patients. Um, and there's less and less that you can do to help from the stuff outside of actually treating the body part or the injury, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. And I think most of us as PTs, we want to do as much as possible for our patients and help them. And I think what you're offering, you know, PTs and whether or not they are incorporating into their kind of, you know, their full-time job or they are doing it as, you know, a part-time job on the side, but being able to really take that next level, like that you and I have that fulfillment where you're not only getting someone out of pain, but you're actually now seeing them reach, you know, their marathon goal, their half marathon goal, or get faster as a runner, because you're actually yeah. combining those elements of, you know, the rehab with the actual run plan is like super important. And then I just can't underscore enough, um, you know, how much I've learned, right, on the business side of things, like for you to be able to do that as a run coach and be able to show others like what you've done and all the content I know that you have um, for these clinicians is just phenomenal. Um, so there are a lot of like business coaches out there, um, but the fact that you're specific to running, um, you know, if you are a clinician and, you know, or personal trainer, you're RD and you're considering like doing run coaching as well. Um, like Kristen is your gal, honestly, um, she's got it all figured out. She's got trainings and like how to do that. And I can't underscore enough, like the marketing side of things and the sales side of things is stuff we don't get as clinicians, like zero <laughs> in any yeah. of our, you know, no, licensure programs. It's like the opposite. Uh, <laughs> So 
So <laughs> if you actually want to actually get those clients uh, to work with, uh, Kristen will show you how to do that. Um, so I, I love your program. I love everything about it. Like I would love to eventually do that in the future. It's just not where I am going right now. Um, mm -hmm. But I love that you're offering that because I know like so many like students of mine too, like new grads are like out three years and they're like, Hey man, I got a ton of debt from PT yeah. school. And yeah. unfortunately the salaries out there right now mm -hmm. are not paying that debt off. Um, yep. Like I know when I first, you know, started working, I was doing personal training, right. As my part-time job Fine. in addition yeah. to working as a PT, but like, I would love to be able to, work as a run coach right now. Right. So yeah, if you're looking to do that, definitely get in touch with Kristen. Again, I'll put all of her information, um, in the show notes. Um, and then I know you had mentioned to me, this will definitely be pertinent for those that are catching this on the Facebook live, but you do have an upcoming challenge coming up. Do yeah. You, you mind I telling us a little bit about that. Yeah. So next week, again, this is for the clinicians that might be listening next week, um, November 1st through the 3rd, I'm running a three-day challenge called the Help More Running Clients Challenge. So, hey, either if you're a clinician or we'll help more of you listening, um, but it's all based on um, exactly what I was just talking about, but the basics of what do you need to do to get started with your business if you want to help runners online. Um, the basics of running, writing running programs, especially for the average runner you're going to see in the clinic. And then lastly, how to keep those clients as, you know, lifelong clients. Uh, one benefit of working with runners, they tend to become like lifelong clients, um, you know, if they keep wanting to follow a training program. Um, so that would be the third day of what we're going to be covering. Um, but it's just a free challenge I'm putting on in my Facebook group. Um, the Run Coaches and Clinicians Community is what it's called. That's my clinician specific group. Um, and yeah, it's free. So come on by, um, take the challenge. If you're catching this on the, you know, on the replay or the podcast later, and you want access to it, you, I can probably still get you access to it. It just, you know, be done, but the replays will still be up. Um, but yeah, I, you know, feel free to reach out about that. Um, and I also do have like an old challenge. I give people sometimes called, it was a five-day challenge, same, same thing, just a little different content, um, on helping running clients. So if that's something you're interested in, you can reach out on that too. So um, cool. Yeah, if you're catching live, come join us live. It's in a week. So awesome. <laughs> no, it sounds like fun. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of knowledge that you're going to drop in there just like you did today. Um, so yeah, thank you again for coming on the Healthy Runner podcast here. This was so informative. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to share with our community. Yeah, thank you for having me on. This was fun. Like I said, I love talking about this stuff. Um, it's fun to get to talk about it again and get to chat with your community. Um, I love what you're doing. I love like just seeing it keep growing and you guys are all in great hands and yeah, so excited for like the running community to become smarter um, with all that you're doing through um, this community and your podcast and everything. So it's, it's an honor to be on. <laughs> yeah, no, this has been great. And thank you all for those that either caught the Facebook live, um, listened on the podcast or those who listen to the replay either within the Healthy Runner Facebook group or Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Remember, every week we go live within our Healthy Runner Facebook group doing live podcast episodes. So check out our events tab within our group to see uh, the guests that we have lined up for you and the topics um, that you'll be interested in. And, you know, come join the conversation, get your questions answered. And as always, guys, let's just stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.
Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say and I read all of them and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.